0: Morning. If you have a Bible, uh, Colossians chapter one is the text we're going to look at. We're going to look at a paragraph Colossians chapter one, verses fifteen to twenty-one. And before we get into the text, I want to ask you a question: Who is your hero? Uh, Growing up, maybe you had someone you looked up to. Maybe it was a superhero. I myself always liked Captain America. Uh, It may have been someone different. It might have been Spider-Man. It might have been a parent, it might have been a grandparent, it might have been a teacher. And even today, we have mentors and people that we look up to. Uh, Quite often, it's athletes or entertainers or uh, maybe business people. Or maybe it's a pastor, or maybe it's someone who has helped you. And all those things are good, and it's good to have mentors, and it's good to have people to look up to. However, there's someone who should have top priority over everything and everybody and that is jesus christ jesus christ is is has preeminence he has superiority over everyone over everything and this paragraph in colossians brings that out. colossians chapter uh, 1 beginning at verse 15 he that's christ that's jesus is the image of the invisible god the firstborn over all creation For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things, and in him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell, and by him to reconcile all things to himself, by him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross, and you who were once alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled. Very quickly this morning, and I'm not going to belabor any of these points, Paul gives us seven reasons here, at least seven, uh, Descriptions of Jesus and seven reasons why he should be preeminent in our life. He should take the place. Uh, He should be the highest uh, person that we look up to. He should be number one in our lives. And the first reason that he gives us is in the first part of verse 15. It says that he, Jesus, is the image of the invisible God. Jesus Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. God. He is an exact replication of God. God the Father is Spirit. If you wonder who God the Father is, what does God the Father look like? Paul tells us here, inspired by the Holy Spirit, that Jesus Christ is that visible image of the invisible God. He's an exact replication of God. Through Jesus Christ, the invisible has become visible. John chapter 14, verse 7 Philip asked Jesus, he said, Jesus, if you could just show us the Father, that will be enough. And Jesus said, Philip, have you been with, with me so long that you don't understand? He says, when you see me, you see the Father. To see Christ is to see God. Christ alone is the very image of God. You want to know what God looks like? You want to know what God acts like? You know, want to know what God feels? Anything you want to know about God is can be seen in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. And and we're just going to introduce this part of this right now. We'll look at it a little bit further. But this also shows that Jesus Christ is indeed God. Jesus Christ is deity. Jesus isn't just human. We understand that when Jesus came from heaven to earth, he was fully God. He was also fully human. Jesus Christ deserves preeminence in our lives because he is the visible image of the invisible God. Secondly, he is also the end of verse 15. He's the image of the invisible God. Jesus is also the firstborn over all creation. Now, we understand that our Bibles weren't written in English. The New Testament was written in Greek
1: and Firstborn in Greek can mean two different things. It can either mean
0: that uh, you're first in time, like the oldest. I'm firstborn of my mom and dad. I'm the oldest child. I've got a brother and a sister, but I'm the firstborn in time. The second thing it can mean, or the second way you can uh, define firstborn in, in Greek, is firstborn in rank or position. And so what you have to do is to let the context determine the usage. The context will tell us how to define that word firstborn. Well, if we look at the context of the paragraph that we've looked at, uh, he's the creator, he is God, he's, he's above all things, he's ahead of everything. He's the, reconcil- uh, the reconciler. The context tells us that what he is talking about here is that he is first in rank, he is first in In position, Jesus Christ is over all creation. It tells us here in verse uh, 16, we'll get into it a little deeper here in just a second, that he's the creator. He's the one that did the creating. Now, it cannot mean that Jesus is a created being, because if he created all things, that means he would have had to create himself. And we know that that's not possible. So Jesus Christ deserves preeminence, number one, because... He is the visible image of the invisible God. Number two, because he's the firstborn over all creation. Uh, Hebrews chapter 1 verse 6 tells us that the firstborn receives worship from angels. Human beings, created beings, don't receive worship. The Son of God, God, does receive worship. So Jesus is firstborn. Also, the term firstborn and first created are two different Greek words. Paul chooses that word firstborn here. So that's another reason why Jesus Christ uh, deserves preeminence in our lives. First, he's the visible image of the invisible God. Second, he's firstborn over all creation. And then in verse 16, we find that Jesus is indeed the eternal creator. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. Jesus Christ is the creator. In Genesis 1-1, when Moses wrote, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, it is a reference ultimately to, to Jesus Christ what John chapter 1 verse 3 tells us that Jesus Christ created everything that if anything was created it was created by Jesus Christ all things were created according to this verse all things were created uh, by him and they are created for him all of creation ultimately is for the glory of God for the glory of Jesus Christ Jesus Christ is the creator he is the one that said, let there be light. He is the one that created everything from nothing. He deserves first place in our lives. He deserves
1: preeminence in our life. He's the visible image of the invisible God. He's firstborn over all creation. He is
0: indeed the eternal creator. And also in verse 17, and he is before all things, and in him all things consist. He is the sustainer of all things. That phrase, before all three things, tells us that Jesus Christ existed before creation. Jesus Christ is indeed eternal. Jesus Christ is indeed God. Jesus Christ created all things, including time, including matter, including space. Everything that we have, everything that was created, is created by Jesus Christ. And a second interesting phrase in verse 17, and in him all things exist. Jesus Christ not only created all things, Jesus Christ holds everything together. He is the glue that keeps everything from falling apart. Do you wonder why the earth stays in its orbit? It's because Jesus is holding it together. You want to know as bad a shape as our world is in today and as chaotic and as confusing as it is, The only reason that total chaos doesn't happen is because Jesus Christ sustains it. He holds it all together. Jesus Christ is before all things. He's God. He's eternal. He created all things, and He holds all things together. He keeps things from falling apart. Number 5, verse 18. And He is the head of the body, the church. He was in the beginning, the firstborn from the dead that in all things he might have the preeminence. Jesus Christ is not only the creator and sustainer of all things, he's also
1: Lord, he's also head of the church. Uh,
0: Jesus Christ is preeminent over creation. Jesus Christ is preeminent over everything in his creation, including his body, which is the church. Christ is the beginning of the church. Jesus Christ gave life to the church. In Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, when Peter made that great confession that Jesus Christ was God, Jesus Christ was the Son of God, Jesus was the Messiah, the Anointed One of God, Jesus Christ said, upon this rock, I will build my church. Jesus Christ is the head of the church. You know, we tend to exalt pastors and Worship leaders and denominational leaders. And do you know what that leads to? That leads to pride. My pastor's better than your pastor. My worship team is better than your worship team. This church has better music. This church has better programs. This church has this. This church has that. Can I tell you that no matter how great a pastor might be, no matter how great a worship leader might be, no matter how great the programs are at the church, if Jesus Christ is not head of the church, and that church, that church is not pleasing to God. And once the pastor leaves, once the worship leader leaves, once the talented teachers leave, we've seen it over and over again, the church dies. Jesus Christ is head of the church. It says here that in verse 18, Jesus is the firstborn from the dead. Uh, Now this time, Paul is using the idea of firstborn, being the firstborn in rank. Jesus Christ is the firstborn, he's the first person to ever die, to be raised from the dead, to never die again. One of these days, those of us who are in Christ are going to be that way. We're going to be raised to live again forever with Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He's the firstborn over all creation. He is the eternal creator. He is the sustainer of all things. He's the head of the church. And then verse 19 tells us that he is fully God. For it pleased the Father that in him, that's Jesus, all the fullness should dwell. The fullness of what? The fullness of the Godhead. Everything that is God is in Jesus Christ. Chapter 2 verse 9 says, For in him Jesus dwells the full, all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Everything that makes God, God is seen in Jesus Christ. We pointed that out a little bit earlier when we said that Jesus is the visible, uh, visible image of the invisible God. John 1 verse 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, the Logos. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. We know that John's talking about Jesus there, because in verse 14 of chapter 1, he says, Then the Word became flesh. So, in the beginning was Jesus. And Jesus was with God, and Jesus was God. Jesus Christ is God fully God. He's always been God. He's the I am in John 5, 8 and verse 58. Before Abraham was, I am. That is a example of Jesus claiming deity for himself. He's saying that I am God. Before Abraham was, I am. I'm older than Abraham. Before Abraham was, I am. And we could go even further. Before the earth was, I am. Before time was, I am. Before creation was, I am. Jesus Christ is always going to be, I am. He is fully God. And then finally, in verses 20 and 21, And by him, Jesus, to reconcile all things to himself, by him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross, Jesus Christ not only created all things, this world got messed up through sin in Genesis chapter 3. And Jesus Christ not only created all things, he's going to put all things back together again. He's going to reconcile all things to himself. Jesus Christ is the great reconciler. Jesus Christ is the great uh, glue. Everything happen. He reconciles people ultimately to God. That's what the Bible is about. The Bible starts with man in fellowship with God. The Bible ends with man in fellowship with God. And everything in the middle is how man gets back in fellowship with God. And y'all, that's through Jesus Christ. There's no other way back to God. It says in verse 8 or verse 20 that He made, he, He reconciled all things on heaven. And on earth, having made peace, peace with who? With God through his blood on the cross. But not just there. Understand, look at verse 21. And you, that's the Colossian Christians. Uh, That's us today. And we, who were once alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works. In other words, sin has separated us from God. Sin has alienated us from God. Sin has separated us. He's made enemies. Our sin has made us enemies with God through the blood of Jesus. He reconciled us to God. And do you know why he did that? Now, verses, 19, or verses 22 and 23 says that we're reconciled so that we would live holy lives. And that's exactly right. A lot of people say, well, Jesus died on the cross so that I could go to heaven. That's true, but that's not all. Jesus Christ died for us to reconcile us to God, to make us one with God again, to put us back in fellowship with God, to put us in the holiness and righteousness of God. But it's not just to sit in the pew. It's not just to say I'm a Christian. It's not just to say I am saved. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 18 tells us the same writer, Paul wrote Colossians, he wrote 2 Corinthians as well. It tells us that as Christians, we have been given the ministry of reconciliation. Jesus Christ is the great reconciler. He reconciled us to God through his blood, and he's given us the ministry of reconciliation. That means at least two things. Number one, we've been given the ministry to help others in our world and in our circle of influence
1: who are separated from God through their sin. We have been given the ministry to try to help point them to Jesus who can reconcile them back with God. But not only that, we're also given the
0: ministry of reconciling Christians with each other. And that's a whole other sermon that I'm not going to preach today. But there's way too much fussing and fighting in the body of Jesus Christ. We can fight with the best of them. We fight over carpet color. We fight over kind of seats we're going to have in the church building, we fight over whether we're going to use an upright piano or electric piano, whether we're going to use a, a electric uh, piano or an organ or a praise team, whether or not we're going to
1: use drums or not, what kind of uh, lighting do we have on the stage, what color of carpet do we
0: have, how are we going to paint the uh, walls, what color are we going to paint them, how are we going to decorate the church building. Uh, Just the list could go on and on and on, and churches split over this. When folks can't get their way, they get mad, and we split, and we fuss, and we fight. You know what happens there? Jesus Christ isn't being glorified. Something else has then occupied the throne in our life. And so as we wrap this up this morning, Jesus Christ is all we need. He's the visible image of the invisible God. He is the firstborn over it, all creation. He is the eternal creator. He is the sustainer of all things. He is the head of the church. He is fully God. He is the great reconciler. My question for you this morning, who is on the throne of your life? If it's anybody besides Jesus Christ,
1: I know this is a little, little different being on Facebook, and it's it's way different preaching to a
0: bunch of empty pews. But as we wrap up, I want to ask you: What do you need to change in your life to make Jesus Christ truly have first place? To truly be on the throne of your life? You can't separate your life from your church and your job and your school and your this and your that. Jesus Christ is Lord of all of we said this phrase before, and, and Adrian Rogers is where I got this, and I don't know if it's original with him or not. But Jesus is either Lord of all, or he is not Lord at all. What do you need to change in your life to make Jesus Lord of all? Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we just thank you so much for this description of Jesus here in Colossians
1: and I pray that you, your Holy Spirit, will examine our hearts. I pray that the words that have been spoken today, Father, will take root in, in our lives, in my life, and in others who might be listening. I pray that we would indeed make Jesus first place in our life if he's
0: not there now. And I pray, pray your Holy Spirit would show me and show others the changes I need to make in our life, in my life and, and in our lives. Make Jesus Christ sit on the throne of our life as number one. He is indeed preeminent. We thank you, Lord, for your blessing. We thank you, Lord, for your kindness, your love, and your mercy. I pray you would keep folks safe today. I pray that for those that are sick or for those that are, are hurting right now, Father, I pray you put your arms around them. I pray for Roger Bateman and Teresa. I pray for Abernathys Abernathy, Peyton, and others who, who might be sick and not feeling well this morning, I pray that you would give them comfort, help them to feel better, Father. And I just pray, Father, that as we have opportunity, we would go about reconciling our relationships with others and helping folks reconcile their relationship. with others.